Salvete discipuli, discipuli que lingua latinae, mihi valde placet voviscum iterum loqui, et vos pulcram linguam latinam aeternam docere. In the last lesson, we read Roman law and encountered otherwise rare future imperatives. In this lesson, we're going to ask a lot of questions, both direct and indirect. Direct questions are like statements. They use the indicative mood of the verb. Indirect questions, on the other hand, require the subjunctive mood. But we will also learn interrogative pronouns and interrogative adjectives, as well as words that we can use to ask questions and coordinate answers. We don't have many new forms to learn, but we do have a fair amount of vocabulary to introduce. In fact, as you continue your study of Latin, you will find that your work will consist of reviewing forms that you've seen before and expanding your vocabulary as well as your familiarity with the flow of Latin syntax. As with so many things in life worth acquiring, we have to practice. How do we ask questions in English? We can use a question word. How, for example. But we can also put a verb out front. In older English, one could put a simple form of the verb out front. But modern English prefers a form of do or to be. Here are three statements. He does swim. He is swimming. He swims. If I turn these three statements into questions, only two of them will strike the modern ear as regular or idiomatic formulations. Does he swim? Is he swimming? Both of those sound perfectly idiomatic. Compare them to swims he? Swims he? That just sounds odd. But it would have been perfectly idiomatic in older English, although a more archaic verb ending might help too. Swimmeth he? Latin, too, has idiomatic ways of forming questions. There are three small particles in Latin that can introduce questions. Ne, none, and num. None and num stand as the first word in a question while ne is attached to the end of the first word of the question. Let us look first at a simple statement and then formulate three questions using our new question words in order to explore what nuances each implies. Please repeat. Gallos Romani vicerunt. Again. Winko winkere wiki wictum. What conjugation? Third. What does winko mean? To conquer. Please repeat the sentence again. Gallos Romani vicerunt. Can you translate the sentence? Who conquered whom? The Gauls are in the accusative and the Romans are in the nominative, so yes. The Romans conquered the Gauls. Please repeat. Gallos Romani vicerunt. Now let's formulate three simple questions. And please repeat after me. Gallos Romani vicerunt. 
Non a gallos romani we carent. Num gallos romani we carent. You may have heard from my tone that my attitude to the question differed a bit in each formulation. Here's why. The first, galosne we carent, romani, is a neutral way of asking a question. The, interrog- the interrogator does not presume to know the answer and simply asks for an answer. Galosne we carent, romani. Did the Romans conquer the Gauls? Ne, attached to the first word, introduces a neutral and straightforward question. None, on the other hand, expects yes for an answer. It's the equivalent of making a statement in English and adding didn't they as a prompt at the end. Adding didn't they prompts the listener to respond yes, indeed, you betcha. None gallos romani we carent? The Romans conquered the Gauls, didn't they? Yes, they did. Num does just the opposite. Num prompts, prompts the listener to respond, No, hardly, not at all, no way, dude. Num gallos romani we carent. In English, we can reformulate the question to compel a negative response by making the statement negative and adding an incredulous did they at the end. The Romans didn't conquer the Gauls, did they? Num gallos romani we carent. No, it couldn't possibly be true. What if one wants to ask a double question? Did the Romans conquer Gaul, or did the Gauls conquer the Romans, for example? Latin uses utrum, dot, 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 an. Please repeat. Utrum Gallos Romani vicerunt, angali Romanos vicerunt. A shorter way to ask this double question would be, did the Romans conquer the Gauls or not. In this case, Latin would simply add necne, or not, to the end, while utrum would signal that the question had two parts. Please repeat. Utrum gallos romani vicerunt, necne. There are a host of other question words. One of the most important set of question words are what we call the interrogative adjectives and pronouns. Fortunately, if you remember, the declension of the relative pronoun, qui, qui, quod, you you already know the forms of the interrogative adjective. The interrogative adjective and relative pronoun are identical in all forms. Qui homo? What man? Qui mulier? What woman? Quod bellum? What war? So how would you translate this question? Please repeat. Qui romani gallos vicerunt? Translation. Which Romans conquered the Gauls? And here's another example. Please repeat. Quos gallos romani vicerunt? Translation, which Gauls did the Romans conquer? 
The interrogative adjective agrees with the word it modifies in case, number, and gender. What about the interrogative pronoun? The interrogative pronoun is used only in the singular, and it differs from the singular forms of the relative pronoun in four places. Let's look at the declension of the interrogative pronoun. First, rather than qui in the masculine singular, we find quis. Second and third, rather than quod in the nominative and accusative neuter singular, we find quid. And fourth, there are no separate feminine singular forms. The masculine singular is used for both masculine and feminine forms in the singular. Here are some examples. Please repeat. Quis gallos wicit? Who conquered the Gauls? Answer. The Romani gallos wicerunt. The Romans conquered the Gauls. Please repeat. Quem Romani wicerunt? Whom did the Romans conquer? Answer. Gallos Romani wicerunt. Please repeat. Quid egerunt Romani? What did the Romans do? Answer. Romani gallos wicerunt. Besides interrogative adjectives and pronouns, Latin has many words that introduce a question. Other question words include quantus, how great, how much, or how many. Compare quantity, quantify. Another question word is qualis, what sort of. Compare quality. And here are a few more. Ubi, where. Quo, to what place or whither. Qua, by what route. Unde, from what source. Quando, when. Quote, how many. Quotians, how often. I don't expect you to remember all of them immediately. You can look them up in the dictionary as needed. But it is useful to know that they exist. Let's look at a few examples. Please repeat. Quantos gallos Romani wicerunt? How many Gauls did the Romans conquer? One possible answer? Multos gallos Romani wicerunt. The Romans conquered many Gauls. Please repeat. Quales gallos Romani wicerunt? What sort of Gauls did the Romans conquer? One possible answer? Romani wicerunt gallos nobles et fortes. The Romans conquered noble and brave Gauls. Please repeat. Ubi gallos Romani wicerunt. Where did the Romans conquer the Gauls? Gallos Romani wicerunt in Gallia. The Romans conquered the Gauls in Gaul. But there is another interesting phenomenon about these question words that is worth mentioning, and that you will soon get the hang of as you read more Latin. Many of these interrogatives have corresponding demonstratives, relatives, and more. Because they correspond or correlate with each other, we call them correlatives. Please have a look at this table, which shows the more common correlatives. One fun feature is that they frequently rhyme, or at least sound similar. 
The interrogative quantus, how great, for example, has an answer in the demonstrative tantus, so great. That rhymes. Ubi, where, has an answer in ibi, there. That rhymes in English, and at least sounds similar in Latin. Ubi, simple answer, ibi. It's really too bad that we lost whither in English, which means to what place or in what direction, because it rhymes with thither, in that direction, and represents a great pair for translating quo, in what direction, hail, in that direction, or in archaic English, quo, whither, hail, thither. We can only just get away with whence and thence, which mean from what source? From that source. In Latin, unde, whence, answer, inde, thence. Here's another pair that rhymes in Latin. Qualis, what sort? Talis, that sort. As you can see, there are certainly more, and I didn't even give you the indefinite forms. But I think you've had enough fun for now and get the general idea. And we will have occasion to work more with correlatives in longer reading passages. Once one is aware that they exist, they can be handled more or less as vocabulary items. Let's compare now direct and indirect questions. Direct questions are just that, direct and straightforward. Indirect questions and correlatives offer a few complications. First of all, what is an indirect question? An indirect question can be a reported question. I might ask, who conquered the Gauls? And someone might ask you, what did Molinarius ask? You would then report indirectly, Molinarius asked who conquered the Gauls. Your statement contains an indirect question, even though it answers a question. In English, no adjustment of mood is required, but indirect questions in Latin require the subjunctive, an observation of the sequence of tenses. Here is our direct question. Please repeat. Quis Gallos Vicet? Who conquered the Gauls? Let's see what happens in present or primary sequence versus past tense or secondary sequence. The tense of the main verb determines the sequence. If the main verb is present, future, or future perfect, the subjunctive in the subordinate clause can be present or perfect. If the tense of the main verb is past, the tense of the subjunctive in the subordinate clause will be imperfect or pluperfect. Here's the English. Molinarius is asking who conquered the Gauls. And now the Latin. Molinarius rogat quis Gallos weakerit. The conquering took place before the asking. So, as the asking takes place in the present, we use the perfect subjunctive in primary sequence. Compare the following. Molinarius was asking who had conquered the Gauls. Normally in English, we could ignore the niceties of the sequence, but Latin is stricter. Inasmuch as the conquering took place before the asking, we indicate this by shifting the subordinate verb back a notch 
to time before the past time represented by the past tense in the main verb. That's the job of the pluperfect, and because it's an indirect question, we also have to use the subjunctive. Watch. Molinarius rogabat, quis gallos we kiss it. What if the subordinate clause takes place at the same time as the main verb? Let's use Cicero as our interrogator. Who was Caesar's contemporary? Cicero. What is Cicero asking in primary sequence? Please repeat. Cicero rogat quis gallos wincat. After a present indicative, we use a present subjunctive to indicate simultaneity. Cicero asks, who is conquering the Gauls? And in secondary sequence, the imperfect subjunctive is used to indicate simultaneity. Please repeat. Cicero rogavit quis gallos winkeret. Cicero asked who was, at that time, conquering the Gauls. We follow the perfect rogawit with the imperfect subjunctive winkerit. Let's turn to authentic questions. Catullus addresses his eighth poem to himself. It asked, I'd say ipsum. The poem basically begins with a pep talk. Lesbia has dropped him. So Catullus tells himself not to be a fool and to toughen up, or as he puts it, obdura. But toward the end, he turns to Lesbia, who's not there and not listening, and asks a series of questions that will allow us to practice the singular forms of the interrogative pronoun quis quid, as well as observe one interrogative adjective in action. We've highlighted the question words. Please repeat. Skelesta. Why te? Quae tibi manet vita? Quis nunc te adibit? Cui videveris bella? Quem nunc amabis? Cuius esse dicaeris? Quem basiabis? Cui la bella mordebis. Catullus begins these lines by calling Lesbia Skelesta, which means wicked one. Then he says, Why te? An imprecation that means, Woe is you. And then the questions begin. Quai is an interrogative adjective. It's feminine, nominative, singular, in agreement with vita which means life. Together, what does quae vita mean? What life? Please repeat. Manio manere mansi mansum. Manio means remain, and tibi is the dative form of you, which we have declined before. Please repeat. Tu, tui, tibi, te, te. So what's our question? What life remains for you, O wicked one, woe is you. Please repeat. 
Scalesta y te. Quae tibi manet vita. In other words, without Catullus, Lesbia's life will be much worse. But Catullus asks another question. Please repeat. Quis nunc te adibit? Quis is the interrogative pronoun in the nominative case, masculine or feminine. Who? Now, nunc means now, will adibit you. What does adibit mean? It's an irregular verb that means approach, and it's in the future. So, who will now approach you? Please repeat. Quis nunc te adibit? Catullus apparently thinks that without him in the picture, Lesbia won't have any other suitors. Please repeat. Cui videbaris bella. Our model verb video. Videbaris literally means you will be seen. Tense in voice, future passive. But the passive form of see routinely means seem or appear to be. So we can translate it as, you will seem. But we need to turn this into a question with cui. What is the case? Please repeat. Quis cuius cui quem quo? Case, dative. So, to or for whom will you seem bella? To whom will you seem wars? No. Good guess. But the adjective bellus a um means beautiful, as in the bell of the ball. So, to whom will you seem beautiful? Please repeat. Cui videberis bella. And then, an accusative interrogative pronoun. Please repeat. Quem nunc amabis. Whom will you now love? Please repeat. Quem nunc amabis. And then a genitive interrogative pronoun. Please repeat. Cuius esse dicaeris. Can we parse dicaeris? Person in number, second singular. Tense in voice, future passive. Translation, you will be said. And esse, second principal part of the verb sum esse fui futurum, to be. So, of whom will you be said to be? Whose will you be said to be? You won't have a boyfriend, so you'll belong to no one. Whose will you be said to be? Please repeat. Cuius esse dicaeris. In another accusative interrogative pronoun, please repeat. Quem basiavis. Whom will you kiss without a boyfriend? Please repeat. Quem basiavis. And we conclude our interrogation with a dative of reference. Please repeat. Cui la bella mordebis. For whom will you mordebis the labella? Please repeat. Mordio mordere, mo mordi morsum. Mordio means bite. 
Compare mordant or biting. Or a morsel of food. Bite what? Labellum. Labellum labelli means little lip. So uh, labia, or actually lips, and labella, little lips. Please repeat. Cui labella mordebis. It's kind of cute. In reference to whom will you bite little lips? We'd be more likely to ask if we ask such a thing at all, whose little lippies will you bite? Romans apparently like to bite each other's lips while kissing. Consider yourselves warned. Let's try it one more time. Please repeat after me. Scalesta why te? Quae tibi bonnet vita? Quis nunc te aribit? Cui videberis bella? Quim nunc amabis? Cuius esse dicerus? Quem basiabis? Cui la bella mordebis? O wicked one, woe is you! What life remains to you? Who now will approach you? To whom will you seem beautiful? Whom will you now love? Whose will you be said to be? Whom will you kiss? For whom, or better, whose little lips will you bite? These are important questions if you've just broken up in ancient Rome. If we had more time, I would also take you through the entire first opening of Cicero's first oration against the conspirator Catiline in 63 BCE. The speech begins with a famous series of questions. It depends how one counts or punctuates, but I reckon there are more than 10 questions in a row. We'll look at a few of them in the time that we have. But let's begin with the very first question, the famous opening line which, because it's authentic Latin, will immediately compel me to explain an exception to a general rule. Please repeat. Quo usquetandem abutere, Catalina, patientia nostra. Let's begin with the verb. Please repeat. Abutor abuti abusosum, which means to misuse or abuse. Our verb abuse derives from abusus. The principal parts, which all look passive, reveal what kind of verb? Deponent. The verb will look passive, but we will translate it actively. Abutere, however, is an odd form. And I even considered changing it to abuteris to avoid the awkward conversation. But then I said, no, my students want the truth. So here it is. Abutere is second person singular, but it ends in re rather than ris. You will recall, of course, aris tur, murminian tur. These endings are actually r, ris or re, tur, murminian tur. But I did not want to burden you with so much knowledge from the get-go. So think of abutere as abuteris. And as abutere is third conjugation, what does that long E signify? Yes, the future. Who will abuse? You will abuse. 
Another fun fact about the verb abutor. It governs the ablative, not the accusative case. Hence, patientia, patience, and nostra, our. So you will abuse our ablative patience. Now we can go back to quo, which means to what place? But we have to account for the usque, which means all the way to or continuously. And tandem, which means at length. And yes, our word for a tandem bicycle comes, silly as this may be, from this Latin adverb, as a tandem is a bicycle at length. Don't blame me, I just report these things. At all events, quo usque tandem is rather emphatic. To what extent continuously at length? If it sounds kind of long, that might be the rhetorical point. Quo usque tandem abutere, Catalina, patientia nostra. To what extent will you continuously at length abuse our patience, O Catiline? A more idiomatic way to ask would be, How long, O Catiline, will you abuse our patience? It definitely sounds better in Latin, especially if we observe the contractions an orator would have used. Please repeat. Quosque tandabutere. Catalina patientia nostra. You may well be thinking something similar. Quosque tandabutere molinari patientia nostra. Fine. I hear you. But let's read Cicero's next questions, which I've modified slightly from the original, and then I'll translate them quickly. Please repeat. Quid proxima nocte egisti? Quid superiore nocte egisti? Obi fuisti? Quos convocavisti? Quid consilii capisti? Hey man, let me translate quickly. Quid agisti? What did you do? Proxima nocte, last night. Quid superiore nocte agisti? What did you do the previous night? Ubifuisti? Where were you? Quos convocavisti? What men did you call together? Quid consilii capisti? What sort of plan did you adopt? Quid proxima nocte agisti? Quid superiore nocte agisti? Obifuisti? Quos convocavisti? Quid consilii capisti? Cicero really does make it sound kind of like a conspiracy. And he was just getting started. At nunc... Lingua latina amatores et conjuratores potestis omnes exire, but lingua latinam discates, gratias vobis ago, et donec nos iterum uderimus, curate ut valeatis. <laughs>